wants to make you set apart holy as he is holy. He's made you acceptable because of Jesus. And he said, it's the reasonable thing to do given what we know about Jesus. Now, I think it's a fascinating thing that the apostle Paul tells us that presenting yourself to God for transformation is the most reasonable thing you can do given who Jesus is and what he's done. You can learn a lot about a person by watching how they live their life, by what they say and do. Well, today, Pastor Daniel begins this new series, Amplified, by reminding you that God wants you to live your faith out loud. As you dive into Romans 12, you'll learn that giving your life over to God and letting Him transform you makes a lot of sense. Jesus sacrificed everything for you so you can give Him your life and live your faith for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 12. As he begins his message, join the party. You know, it wasn't hard for me at all to fall in love with rock and roll music as a kid because I grew up in a family that was super musical. So I remember my sisters, uh, they would dance, they would do ballet and uh, jazz, not like like real jazz, but like, you know, dancing jazz. And when you have two sisters, you know, I got roped into all that stuff. Don't make fun of me. You're not allowed. But when I was about eight years old, I was the tap dance kid in my sister's uh, dance recital. Yeah, I'm not showing you any of it. Don't even, don't even think about it. I shouldn't even told you. I'm not telling any of the other services about that. I, I knew, I knew it was a bad idea right up top. I'm like, this is not a smart idea. So anyway, you know, and so, so sure enough, I'll never forget when all of a sudden, you know, MTV came on the TV and there were these speakers, lines of speakers with these dudes who were headbanging. You know what I mean? Because like I'm a child of the 80s. And so, you know, those great rock bands of the 70s, insert your favorite one, they had these walls of speakers and these guys would be out there. And like I was just being the tap dance kid. So I'm watching these guys headbang. I'm like, that's awesome. I want to do that. You know, and and I found out later that there was really only one or two of those amplifiers had speakers in it. The rest were just totally for decor. You know what I mean? But I remember when I, when I picked up my first electric bass when I was in eighth grade, I got an electric bass and I was playing it at home and it was cool, but I'm like, I need to get me an amplifier. You know? Cause you know, like, when you're playing that bass, it just sounds like clanky, clanky strings. You know? But then you plug that thing in the amplifier. And so sure enough, we went up to see my cousin, my cousin Craig, who's a phenomenal guitar player. Actually today, you know, he started as an electric guitar player. He was like a shredder. But now he plays the lute, which is like a Baroque instrument. He lives in Italy. He's super Renaissance that way, legitimately. But back in the day, he was in all these like hair bands, metal bands and stuff. And so he, when I called him, I told him I got a bass. He's like, do you have an amp? I'm like, no, he's like, I got the perfect amp for you. Next time you come in, I'll give it to you. And so sure enough, I go to see my cousin Craig, and I walk in, there's this huge amplifier. It was like almost as big as me. And he's like, you could have that. And my mom was just like, no. Don't, don't give it to him. But sure, I'm like, I hugged the amplifier. I was like a little, I was like a little kid. I'm like, I'm taking this thing home with me. I remember my aunt Arlene, who's my cousin Craig's uh, mom's like, you're not allowed to turn that on in the house right now. And my mom got super nervous. So sure, if I, we cut this thing home, I remember I, I put it in my room 
I got my sister's full-length mirror. Put it in the front. I turned that thing on. I turned the volume as far as I could. Turned the bass up. And I went on the bass. And I was home. My dad came upstairs. The whole house is shaking. What are you doing? And this thing is feeding back. And, I, and at that moment, I'm like, yes. So much better than being in my sister's dance recitals. So much better. No, but what made it so good? Because that amplifier's job is to take what doesn't make a lot of sound on its own and make that thing so loud that the neighbor's kids could hear it in another state, you know? And today we're starting a new series called Amplify because as a church family, we've been walking through Paul's letter to the Romans. And as we went through chapters 1 to 11, we've been seeing what is, who is God and what has God done for us in Jesus? And important, very important things. But then as Paul gets to chapter 12, as he finishes out the letter, as was his normal way of working, first he'd explain, this is the truth about God. And then he'd say, because of who God is, how shall we now live? Right? And Romans chapters 12 through 16 exist to say, because of who Jesus is, how should we live? And we're calling it as a series, we're calling it Amplify, because we believe that what God wants to do is God wants to amplify the good news of who he is in our lives and through our lives, and then not just each one of us as an individual amplifier of who Jesus is in the world, but then when you take all of us as the Crossroads family together, and then all of us as the people of God, and you put it together, now all of a sudden you got something, because you have all these amplifiers declaring the message. So in order to get at that, I want you to open up your Bibles, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, we're going to be taking verses 1 to 8 together. Romans 12, verses 1 to 8. And of course, if you didn't bring a Bible with you today, I want you to bring your Bible with you next week. I mean, it's just a fun thing just to be able to, to bring a Bible with you wherever you go. I do it all the time. So Romans, if you're new to the Bible at all, if you don't know where the book of Romans is, your Bible is broken up into two big sections, as we predominantly call it. The first two-thirds of your Bible is what's called the Old Testament, or everything from the creation of all that we can see, the cosmos, to a couple hundred years before Jesus. We call that the Old Testament. And then the last third of your Bible is called the New Testament, and it begins with the foretellings of the story of Jesus. We call them gospel, and then the book of Acts, and then Paul's letter to the Romans. So the book of Romans is, of course, the sixth book in the New Testament, chapter 12, and it begins uh, this way. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, if I were to boil down these two verses into one big idea for all of us, it's simply this, that you and I, we need to present ourselves for transformation. You present yourself for transformation. Now, if you think about that, this idea, you present yourself, look what he's saying. He's saying in verse one, I implore you, I beseech you, I urge you, therefore, by the mercies of God, because of God's mercy, 
right? And really, that idea of because of God's mercy, it gives the whole story of Romans 1 to 11 in a simple phrase, that God is a merciful God. God doesn't give us what we deserve. The whole message of Jesus is simply the fact that you and I have failed, and that instead of just judging us as failures, God says, you are a failure, but I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to forgive you. The reason why Jesus is still today the most talked about controversial, hotly debated figure in history is because he was God's provision for the fact that all of us fail. Now you might be saying, well, why would God do that? And that's a great question. The Bible speaks a lot about that. You might be saying to yourself, well, I didn't want God to do that. Well, guess what? God doesn't need your approval to do what he wants to do. If you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? How many times you kids I don't, why? I don't want you to do that. And your parents are like, well, that's what we do. It's kind of the way the world works, whether you like it or not. You see, God knew that what everybody needed was a savior. And that's why he sent Jesus. And, and, and that's all based on God's mercy. And he says, you know, I urge you, brethren, because of God's mercy, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, that's where I get this idea, you have to present yourself. See, it's not that you have to do this, you're invited to do this. You, you present yourself to do this. Now, the idea of present your bodies as a living sacrifice, the idea of our bodies, the, our body speaks in this context of the totality of our lives because your body is actually the vehicle through which you experience this world. So anywhere that your body is, that's where you are. You know what I mean? And so, so your body is the vehicle by which you're experiencing life. And so the idea of presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, for the people in that day and age, sacrificing to God was a very common thing. Now, it's not as common today. Where, where people would come and they would bring of their grain of their harvest. They would bring of the animals that provided their sustenance and they would offer it as a sacrifice to God. But really what God is looking for from us, he's, there's an invitation to say, will you bring yourself and will you present yourself to God as a living sacrifice? Not a, a sacrifice that's dying, but a sacrifice that is literally, I'm still alive, but I'm giving myself over. Now, I think this is really important that you and I, right now, right here, no matter if you've been following Jesus for a long time, or if right now you just came because somebody invited you, or you're just exploring Jesus, this idea that God is inviting you to present yourself to him. Now, if you think about that, it's kind of a powerful thing. Because in any way that if you want to make a change in your life of any sort, it begins with you bringing yourself somewhere. Like, I don't know about you, but I've had about 9,000 uh, beginnings and endings of journeys to try and be in shape. Right? Am I the only one in that category? Okay, there's a, f a few of you, and the rest of you need to be. <laughs> you know? Because this is the day and age in which we live, right? And so, but it's amazing how many times you're like, okay, I need to do something here, right? Now, the thought that I need to do something here is a good starting point, but it doesn't actually get you there. You know, I, I was reading an article about gyms, you know, like when they have, they open up these gyms. And, and the gyms are actually designed on, at the beginning of every year, there's a big special, right? There's no uh, membership fee, just pay the monthly fee. Because what they know is that if they, at the beginning of the new year, everyone's like, I need to get in shape. I mean, the holidays are over. I was a glutton and I need to fix this thing now. And so I'm going to go to the gym. But what happens is, you know, for the first two weeks in January in the gym, the gym is crowded, right? And then after the third week, guess what? It's empty like it always is. Because it's one thing to sign up for the gym, and it's another thing to show up to the gym, right? But here's the other thing. 
It's another thing to show up at the gym and actually do something. See, what I learned is that many, many times I would sign up for the gym. I would present myself. It's time for me to get this thing together. And I'd show up to the gym. But there's a a unique thing about my personality that you would never have guessed. It's simply the fact that I'm really social. Right? And so I show up to the gym and there's all these people there. You know, and and I'm a pretty friendly person. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And then before you know it, I know everybody at the gym. So you know what I'm working out when I'm at the gym? My jaw muscles. I'm leaning on the machine. Just John. You know, and then of course they find out, oh yeah, hey, you're the, one of the pastors of Crossroads, right? Yeah, and then you're like, oh, now, we're, now we're doing ministry. We're talking about Jesus. And I would go to the gym, but guess what? I wasn't getting transformed at the gym. I would look at the clock. I'm like, oh, I'm late. I got to go home now. I go home and then be like, you didn't even break a sweat. I'm like, I know. She's like, you must be really in shape. I'm like, <laughs> So it's one thing to go to the gym. It's another thing to be at the gym and actually do something productive. Now, I bring this up because guess what? As it relates to the things of God, some of you right now, you're like, yeah, I would never kind of present myself to God. So so you're just like, look, I'm just not interested in being spiritually transformed. So it's a non-starter. And you, you need to want to actually be changed for it to start, right? But then if you start showing up to church, guess what? You could still show up to church, quote unquote, and not grow at all. Because you could show up and just hear this stuff. Like you could be like me at the gym, except you're at church where you're, you're at church, but you're actually not engaging in what's being talked about. You're not worshiping. You're not saying, hey, how does this message apply to my life? Or maybe you're one of those people, you just look around the church and you're like, ooh, so-and-so is here. I don't like that person. I can't believe that person's a Christian. You know? And that stuff goes on at church. What's funny is they're probably saying the same thing about you. That's a different discussion, you know? And what goes on is that you're there, but you're not really there as a living sacrifice, right? You're at the place, but you're not actually engaging with it. And Paul's saying, listen, I want to urge you, because of God's mercy, that you present yourself as a a living sacrifice. And he says, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying that when you bring yourself as a sacrifice... As a living sacrifice, God wants to do a work in you, right? And he wants to make you set apart holy as he is holy. He's made you acceptable because of Jesus. And he said, it's the reasonable thing to do, given what we know about Jesus. Now, I think it's a fascinating thing that the apostle Paul tells us that presenting yourself to God for transformation is the most reasonable thing you can do, given who Jesus is and what he's done. And I'll be honest with you, I've learned this in my own life. When I started exploring Christianity when I was in my early 20s, I started to realize like if Jesus died for me, it's not crazy to say I'm going to follow him. And I was one of those people who searched all the religions and Christianity was the last place because at, you know, having grown up the way I grew up, it was part of our culture. You know, and I was like, there's nothing to this. Because I saw this stuff, I'm like, ugh. And I checked out all the other things, because that was what was cooler and, and more interesting. And then when I came to Jesus and I read the Gospels, I was like, actually, it's super reasonable if Jesus died on a cross for me to say, I'm going to devote my life to following him. That's not an irrational thought, right? He pulls it's your reasonable service. And then he explains it even more. What does this mean to present yourself for transformation? In verse 2, because it says... And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what's interesting here is what you learn is that at every single point of your life, you are presenting yourself to something and something is happening. If you present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, then you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you choose not to, guess what? You're presenting yourself to this world in which we live and you are going to be conformed to it. So the idea of I'm my own person, I do it my own way, that's a total lie. Either way, every single day, you are being either conformed or transformed. So what's amazing is, is what you realize is that either way, somebody is shaping you. Either way, there is something right now that is making you into something that you were not the day before. And it's a question of conformity or transformation. Now you think about what conformity is. Conformity is when you fall into lockstep with what's going on around you. Right? It's like if you remember uh, that, that classic movie, The Dead Poet Society, when all the kids are walking in a circle and before you know it, they're all walking in the same rhythm, right foot at the same time. If we did it right now, if I just said, hey, does anyone think this? And if everyone raised their hand, even though if it was totally wrong, the people who kept their hands down, it takes a lot of self-control to keep your hand down because you just want, everyone wants to just join in. And really what's going on is it's saying, look, you are either presenting yourself as a living sacrifice to Jesus and he's transforming you or you're not and you're just becoming like everybody else. You're being conformed. And it's kind of a, a provocative idea, isn't it? That either way, something's shaping you. You're either letting the world, the, the world system, an, an anti-God way of looking at everything shape you or you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, of course, the Apostle Paul also said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, what's fascinating here is he's saying... With an unveiled face, because of what God has done for us in Christ, the Spirit of God has taken away the veil from our face, and we're beholding God's glory as if in a mirror. And as we gaze upon the Lord, we are being transformed from glory to glory. Now that word transformed, we get our word metamorphosis from this word. It's metamorpho in the Greek language. And it literally means to completely transform from the inside out. And that's exactly what Jesus offers a person. When a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, she is saying, look, you can either be conformed, be made like the world in which we live, or you can be transformed because by your faith in Jesus, the spirit of God now is going to unveil your face so that you can behold who Jesus is. And as you behold him, you're being transformed from glory to glory. Or it says here, by the renewing of your mind. See, what God wants to do is he wants to do a work of renewal in the way that we think. Why we think what we think. How we think what we think. What I've learned is that as a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God loves me enough when I have a crazy thought. And I know you'd be shocked to realize I have some of those. When I have those, you think to yourself, why am I thinking that? Like when you get all up in arms over something because somebody did something that you didn't like and then you realize, well, I've done that 97,000 times, right? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God come and convicts you because he's renewing your mind. 
He's saying, listen, or you start having these thoughts that you're like, I have that thought, but that's not a biblical thought. That's my, that's when I know God's doing a work in someone's life. When you start having Bible verses that contradict the way that you think, right? Or like this just happened to me the other day. I was having a situation was going on and I was feeling a little surly about it. And a verse just passed through my mind. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I remember just, that's what I did. I, I, I rolled my eyes at the Holy Spirit. Okay. You know? But it was so good because I'm like, you know, that what I'm thinking about is just not right. Or, or, or my new favorite one. Because, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what breaks up people's relationships. Not like, like marital relationships or, or romantic, but just like the issues with people. It's almost always an accusation in your heart. Like you have a situation and what you expected to happen and what you experience are different, right? And when that happens, then you fill the gap with either trust or suspicion. With either I trust this person's heart or I'm suspicious of their motives. And what's amazing is when you fill that gap with suspicion, know what that is? It's accusation. I know what happens when you fill that gap with accusation. Who's the accuser of the brethren? Satan, that's what the Bible says. So of course it's going to break apart a relation. Of course you're going to struggle with somebody. I can't believe they do that. Well, you just put suspicion in the gap. Maybe they didn't do that at all. Maybe you're just misunderstanding what they were thinking. But right as you accuse them in your heart, guess what? It starts to tear it apart. Now, isn't that where all of us live every single day? <laughs> right? But when you realize who the accuser of the brethren is, every time I put suspicion in the gap, even if I think I'm justified in doing it, because I know Satan's the accuser of the brethren, do I want to follow him? No. I don't want to follow him at all. Neither do you. But again, that's what happens when you get your mind renewed. And of course, when all that's happening, then with our lives, we begin, begin to prove what is that good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Because God is transforming us and then our lives begin to take on different qualities. And that's an invitation for each one of us. For each one of you. Jesus is saying, listen, either way you're going to be conformed or transformed. It's going to be one or the other. But I'm inviting you to present yourself to me and I'll transform you. And I'll do it by renewing your mind. And as I do that, your life is going to begin to take on the qualities that prove out what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. But either way, you're being changed. Today, you're going to be changed. It's just a matter if you're going to be transformed or conformed. Now, from that invitation, look at what happens next. Verse 3 of Romans 12 says this. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that something is always shaping you. You're either being transformed by God, or you're becoming more like the broken world around you. Of course, God wants you to allow Him to completely transform you from the inside out by changing how you think. Pastor Daniel urged you to turn to God and let Him shift your perspective as you learn more about Him and what He thinks. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus' Real Radio. 
I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus' Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to look at how God wants to transform your life when you choose to live for Him. You'll see that you were made to be part of something bigger. God created you with unique gifts and talents to be used in the lives of those around you. Pastor Daniel will share that the world tries to tell you that you are autonomous and alone, but that God says we need each other. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Amplify next time. Until then, may God bless.